is Jello Chow Chow, the All Jello Show. If you even think of hanging up or leaving the room for a scotch, we will murder you. Now listen, Great Creeperson and the Phantom Eric want to take you on a ride through dark alleys and bright rooms, long stairways, and backstage at the art gallery. If you want to live, you'll don your black gloves and join them for the ride. Ciao, welcome to Giallo Ciao Ciao, the uh, only Giallo podcast on the internet. That we know of. Don't sue us. Uh, this is the Phantom Eric here with Creep Creeperson, of course, oh, with uh, episode two of Giallo Ciao Ciao. How are you doing, Creep? Yay, I'm doing super good. I just did um, the two-handed wave. Did you? Yeah. I don't know why. You can't see me, but yay, <laughs> two-handed wave. Um, we see you all in our mind's eye. Yeah, it's wearing okay. that pink robe. But <laughs> so everything's going rad, huh? Yeah, you know, it's been kind of a, a shitty day, but it's about to get a little bit better, I think. Why is your day shitty? Some... Fuck you the know, shower work. movie, you know? Like, what's going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, I'm not living in a yellow film, so I shouldn't have too much to complain about. Just the same old, same old work a day life is your boss trying to make you have sex with him instead of doing your work to keep <laughs> his mouth shut about the blackmail yeah it could be a little bit of that a little bit of him trying to run me down with his car in the middle of the night oh shit that's so classy <laughs> yeah, but how's everything going with you um it's going it's going okay i uh you know it's the the end of the year so you have all of this Christmas hoopla and stuff, and I've just been trying to get everything together. I got a new, old, old car, so I could finally get around now. Um, so, yeah, there's been problems here and there, but you know, we overcome. That's what that's what us groups do, right? That's right. That's what <laughs> the human race must do if we want to survive. According to Star Trek. oh oh yeah i'm like totally slurping coffee but i have my don't tell me you drank the whole bottle already oh no and i have my and my oh yeah oh yeah it must be jolly because i just got my jambiat oh man (laughs) i'm totally jelly of your jelly Oh, shao shao. Um, but yeah, so we're doing torso tonight. 
We sure are. And you know what torso has in it? Torso? <laughs> A lot of hot loiters. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes, uh, the beautiful Susie Kendall makes a reappearance on our show already. But uh, this time she's got some competition. Not that she didn't before, but... Oh, she's um, got some stiff competition. It's going to be tough, I think. Come back out on top. Yeah, we said stiff, cum, and all sorts of words in there that we shouldn't have said in the same... Yeah. Wow. So, there are a couple things that I want to talk about real quick before we get cracking in here. Um, First off, have you heard of the book? The uh, book, Torso? No, the book. If you haven't, you're going to be really excited when I start talking to you right now. Is this one of your books no but um since we are talking about one of my books which we weren't um i will start with this (laughs) master of suspense over here okay um i just hitchcocked you right in the mouth okay (laughs) um no but i am writing a series of books right now called um shallow jallow and they're gonna have the yellow covers and the whole thing and they're um kind of spoof really fun books and i'm writing one that i hope we'll have done before christmas called the girl with the crystal pubis and, <laughs> um it's a the main character's name is edwin fenich and he's gonna be like my hero through all of these tales so um that's a whole lot of fun yeah. Now, where in God's green earth did you get that name? <laughs> um, I heard there was some chick who's drop dead gorgeous name right. Edwidge. Yeah. So, yeah, some of Sergio's like ladies that he, uh, I believe, was his sister-in-law, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I did actually, not know uh, that. his brother Luciano, who was also a screenwriter and. So he, uh, there's a little bit of family affairs going on, I'm guessing. <clears throat> That's awesome. Everyone's related in some weird <laughs> way. Um, but yeah, so it's going to say like in a brand new Edwin Fenich mystery and all sorts of other stuff. So it's just going to be a whole lot of fun. So I'm having a lot of fun writing it. I'm laughing to myself while I'm writing, <laughs> you know, because Edwin is, of course, you know, a world renowned opera singer, ballet dancer, author, uh, acrobat, you know, gold medal diver, you know. You're just hitting all the check marks. Slash uh, investigator, you know, like he's done everything and his girlfriend's a runway model from Milan. So naturally (laughs) it all works out. But what I was really wanting to talk to you about, this is from the press release. I'm going to read to you right now and you're going to drool. The book sees... The ultimate collaboration, or wait, I'm sorry. The book sees the ultimate collaborative Italian horror film unfold before your very eyes. A one-off project of the un- of unprecedented scale. The book brings together for the very first time the writers, directors, actors, composers, and artists behind the finest Italian genre cinema in the past 60 years. This includes the creative forces behind the Jalo movement, spaghetti westerns, Eurocrime, and more. Each director will be given the opportunity to showcase his own personal vision of Rome spread across a dozen episodes. 
Each segment of this feature film will contain a unique blend of macabre thriller, horror, and the fantastic, all delivered in a unique style and method of the director in question. The book features 12 individual episodes, each of which is helmed by a master of Italian genre cinema. The following directors are confirmed. Lamberto Bava from The Shock, Macabre, Demons 1 and 2, Body Puzzle. Antonio Bido, Bloodstained Shadow, Cat with Jade Eyes, Blue Tornado. So I'm going to kill like most of these names. <clears throat> um, Enzo G. Castellari, Cold Eyes of Fear, House of the Edge of the Lake, The Last Shark, and Glorious Bastards. Uh, Luigi Cosi or Cozy, Cosi, I think. The Killer Must Kill Again, Contamination. Um, Alberto Di Martino, The Antichrist, Scenes from a Murder, Holocaust 2000. Regario Diodato, Cannibal Holocaust, House of the Edge of the Park, Last Cannibal World, Cut and Run. Aldo Lado, <laughs> Night Train Murders, uh, Short Night of the Glass Dolls. Umberto Lenzi, Nightmare City, Seven Bloodstained Orchids, Man from Deep River, Eaten Alive, Ghost House, Cannibal Ferrao. Farah, um, for rocks if you're from California. Um, <laughs> Eduardo Marighetti, um, The Eyes of the Killer, Six Steps into Jalo, Black Cobra, Sergio Martino, Torso, All the Colors of Dark, Strange Vice of Miss Ward, Mountain of the Cannibal God, Case of the Scorpion, Sailor Vice's Locker Room, and Only I Have the Key, Sergio Stivaletti, Three Faces of Terror, The Profane Exhibit, The Wax Mask, and Tonio Valerali, My Name is Nobody. The screenplay is provided by uh, Dardano Sketchdi. I don't know how to say his name. The Beyond Demons Manhattan Baby, uh, with uh, exclusive poster art by Enzo Scotti, who did The Beyond Phenomenon, uh, I Spit on Your Grave, The House by the Cemetery, Demons, City of the, Liv- City of the Living Dead, and a brand new score by Claudio Simontis. Oh, man, I was so Simonetti. close. I did so good. <laughs> it's the last name, and I got all excited. I'm like, yes. I was waiting for you to screw up so I could come in there and be your savior. Goblin. Yeah, so um, this is actually on Indiegogo right now trying to raise money. Wow. So this is epic. Yeah, uh, I'm glad we're on top of this trend. I think it was probably us that put him over the edge. <laughs> oh, what we'll put that it. link up on the on the website or something? Yeah, I gotta do. If anyone wants to trickle down some dollars, we'll probably take it. I think I'm gonna do it. Um, yeah, like I'm all of, like I know Indiegogo and people who can make stuff. Yeah, um, they get a lot of shit when they try to do something like this, but I would love to be a part of something that historic, you know? Right. I think we almost have to. Yeah. It's in our contract. Ooh! We're going to get our yellow, our yellow leather jackets. Yes. <laughs> Is that the, uh, the $20 donation? Yeah. yeah. They say that their perks are amazing, like beyond anything you've seen on any other Indiegogo oh, wow. campaign. So we'll, we'll cross that bridge when it comes. Right. So yeah, that's some good shit right there, dude. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, they're uh... might be the Scotch talking, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. That sounds like uh, they're going to bar- board the train that are like Masters of Horror, and yeah. uh, now these anthology films have kind of that's like the trend right now. So well, it's, I'll it's... keep I'll keep checking in on it and yeah. keep everybody up to date, you know, with how it's awesome. going. So um, yeah. Any any other news or updates 
or crystal Nothing that could top that. I don't know. I think I'll I'll sit on anything I might have. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, well, um, uh, I guess this is when we would play the trailer for Torso. Um, should we play the tiny shit trailer, the teaser trailer that is <laughs> just the most ridiculous thing in the world? Actually, which trailer is more ridiculous? Oh, man. I was kind of... Yeah, I was watching a couple of the trailers. I, did you see the the Italian one? It's kind of like a trippy, hippie... Well, I have the one... Because I have the um, Anchor Bay DVD. And you have, okay. the, you have the Blue Underground Blu-ray, right? I do. Okay, on the, um, the uh, Anchor Bay DVD, it has the crap American trailers. <laughs> and then has this... Uh, the Carnal Violence one. Okay. That's all like bizarre and um, uh, like colorful and swirly. Yep. Is yeah. that the one That's, you're talking about? Yeah, the psychedelic one. Yeah. yeah. I was watching a little bit of a featurette that came on the Blu-ray, and they actually had director Sergio Martino talking about those two trailers, and uh, he basically just said that one is to differentiate the Italian audience and their sentiments from the uh, American audience who apparently needs the name of the movie bashed into their brain 14 times <laughs> but well um, you know it saturates the screen with terror so I mean, <laughs> we can't really say anything bad about it obviously saturates with something. <laughs> okay let me just say too the the best most ridiculous part of either one is that um like Guitar salesman from Guitar Center, like. (laughs) 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 So bad. (laughs) It makes me laugh every time I hear it, dude. It's just, and it just sucks because to me, this movie is so good, and all the trailers, even the Italian trailer, I don't think do it any justice. I think they, they just suck. Right. It kind of got to that point where that once it was finished, I'm sure they were saying, well, now what do we do with this? We got to get this to the biggest audience possible. Let's just dumb it down. It seems like, but I mean, I understand the whole point of like saying the title like 15 times. It's like, (laughs) you know, like everyone remembers the, I mean, I can't remember the, what the trailer had in it, but Mm -hmm. color, color me blood red I'll always remember the name of that movie. I don't know if you've seen that trailer, but it's the same thing. Yeah. It's like color me blood red. Yeah, color me. I actually me, covered that one on my red. other show over at 100 Years of Horror, and I that was probably one, I think that might have been one of the first shows I had to play the trailer in, just because I thought it was just so incredibly goofy. Torso, but torso, torso. I think for for both our Italian and American audiences, it's probably safest if we play both. Okay, you know what, too. You notice in the teaser trailer, the way they cut it, they didn't even cut the words off of the music. So it's like torso, er, torso, er, yeah. torso. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it matches, sometimes it doesn't. Okay, so we'll play the full um, torso trailer, the one that saturates your mind in terror, whatever it does, uh-huh. and then the carnal violence trailer. Ponte, the man who brought you Dr. Zhivago, comes a totally new motion picture experience. 
a journey into the bizarre, terrifying world of the psychosexual mind. saturates the screen with terror. I've called you here today for a good reason. What do you have here? A fragments of... Cloth. Is one of these students a psychosexual killer? murdered just one week ago. Or are they just playing erotic games? Not so innocent erotic games. to test the limits of pleasure. A killer is stalking. Well, that's a real good start. Why do all hang-ups come my way? Honey, even if you're queer or impotent, you're paying the price I charge just the same. A psychosexual killer is stalking. his pleasure differently. <laughs> Torso. It saturates the screen with terror. So, a gripping motion picture about a killer's perverted hunger aroused to an animal frenzy. Saturates the screen with terror. What you've seen is only a sample, not a product of abstract art. What you have here are fragments of tissue found under the fingernails of one of your companions, barbarously murdered in the middle of the night one week ago. Our scientific analysis has traced them to this foulard, which was used to strangle Carol Peterson. Her body was then mutilated in the same brutal manner as her friend. If you have ever seen a scarf like this on any person you can identify, 
It is your duty to report it either to the police or the university authorities. I might add that no one in Perugia, either man or woman, is safe until this killer is captured and brought to justice. And I hope in a case like this, at least, you will consider the police for what they are, your vigilant defenders of life and liberty. After that, you can protest, if you like, against what you call social injustice. So we're back. Did you guys uh, catch the name of that film at all that we're about to cover? It's called uh, Carnal Violence. And Carnal Violence does not saturate anything with anybody. No, not really. Though it, it's kind of funny that I, I believe that the Italian, the full Italian title of this film is Bodies Bear Traces of Carnal Violence. What do you think of that title? I kind of like that title. It's very Gialli-esque. It is. I, yeah, I definitely like it. I, I mean, I love torso. Um, when I first got into giallos or gialli, the uh, that was the one that stuck out in my mind the most. I don't know if it's just because it was one word compared to fourteen, like all the other titles. But I, I do like torso. But bodies bear traces of carnal violence. It's just so unoriginal and and unusual that it uh, also sticks in your mind. Yeah, I mean, I think. The movie Sergio Martino did before this one, like, takes the cake for whatever silly title your movie would ever have. It's, uh, uh, your vice is a locked room and only I have the key. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad that they kept that for the American title. That's great. Yeah, this really just hits it home. Let's just yeah. keep this. Yeah, this is good. Um, <laughs> Pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> Which it totally isn't. Have you have you seen that one? That one's that one's pretty good. It's no, cool. I haven't. I've only uh, seen the other Edwige Fennec movie, Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward, which uh, I guess is also Blade of the Ripper. Too. Yeah. So not as not as exciting or cool as 
your vice is a locked room and only I have the key. Well, it's like a play on, um, not a play, but it's like a Jolly adaptation of um, the Black Cat. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's just, it's like, what? But um, yeah, anyway. So let's, let's talk about, let's talk about this, dude. Let's talk about some torso. I'm almost done with my drink. Let's hit this shit. <laughs> Pour some out for me. Oh. No, actually, don't do it. I know it's pretty expensive. Oh, it's, well, you know, it's, they say it's rare on the bottle, but I have a feeling that's just more of a marketing ploy. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I believe they're kind of screwing with us here. Well, um, so let's see here. I have my, my iPad up and ready to go here. Um, we'll just, so Torso came out in 1973. IMDb gives it a rating of 6.5. Ooh. Um, ooh, you know what? Let me see what the Jalo score for this movie is. Hit it up. Oh, where is it? Uh, Torso got an 86. Okay. On the Jalo score. That is a very respectable score. Right. So, um, good times. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that over the IMDB one. I have a trouble I have troubles with IMDB just because I rate every movie I watch on there, so it's yeah, I'm rating torso up against some of the uh the greater movies out there might not breach six point five, but on the Giallo meter this one's pretty high up for me. Well, I mean it's kinda of funny too because like your rating could be 10 people or, uh, yeah. you know, cause like when, uh, when OC babes in the slasher zombie town first came out, there were only like five people that rated it. And I had like a 9.6 for like a week and a half. And then within like a month it went down to like a 1.2. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I think now it's like a two something, but, um, yeah, but yeah, it, it was, it's crazy how they do that. So um, here is the summary for um, uh, Torso. Some, torso. So, <laughs> it saturates your ears with pleasure. Um, someone is strangling co-eds in Parisia. Is that right? Did I say that right? Is that how they sure did? It? Okay. <laughs> We're going with. The only clue is that the killer owns a red and black scarf. The police are stumped. An American exchange student, Jane, and her friends decide to take a break from classes by going up to Danielle's uncle's villa in the country. Unfortunately, the killer decides to follow, and the women begin suffering a rapid um, attrition problem. Is that right? Did I read that right? Attrition? Attrition. Okay, well... Good job, Ed Sutton, for making me sound like a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) For writing you a letter. Yeah, that is very unfortunate how the killer follows them. Yes. Do we start? Go ahead. To start doing a checklist for all the different Jello tropes that we hit here, we've got the the American. Oh, totally. Tourist. We've got the villa. We have. I mean, we'll probably get to it as we cover the plot. Oh, totally. Just Um, in that summary alone. Well. The movie opens up with this really hot, erotic um, scene of this dude banging two hot ladies. 
and it's kind of out of focus, but there's a camera off in the distance in the room snapping pictures for some reason. And there's a doll in the bed with them that the dude shoves his fingers in its eye sockets and it's really weird and creepy and it's kind of hot. Um, and then it cuts from that into a college um, lecture hall, apparently. Um, do you want me to just keep jamming on this or do you want to jump in? Jump the, in whenever yeah, you cut me off. Yeah the, yeah, the only thing I caught from that, and not the only thing, of course, but the uh, the main thing I got from that opening uh, credit scene is that it's it's already setting us up for the uh, voyeuristic nature that we'll we'll get throughout the rest of this film, mm. and um, it's really it will play a part later on. But um, the uh, of course the penetration of the eyes something else that we can add to our check mark or checklist, and uh, yeah, that's is a nice and steamy scene. I could see why those camera lenses were a bit foggy. <laughs> well, honestly, like the, I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, uh, okay, I'll put it on see. And like within like four and a half seconds, there were boobs. And I was like, uh-huh. Done. Those are selling point right there. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm hooked. <laughs> so, um, we go to school and, um, I don't know if we just want to kind of go through the whole thing here, but like, they're in this lecture, and because of how the original cut of this was released in America, um, and the cut that's on DVD and Blu-ray now, there's some parts that are in Italian, and so and there's no subtitles or dubbing or anything, and then all of a sudden it'll just start into English again because that stuff was never um, dubbed or subtitled for the American audience. <clears throat> and um, so the first time I watched this too, I'm like, ah, shit, I got there a funk go. copy of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily for the uh, the Blue Underground release, they do uh, put in some dubbing. Um, you've got the mix of Italian and English language, but they will uh, drop in the the uh, subtitles, not dubbing. I'm sorry, subtitles for the Italian uh, when they speak Italian. So that was helpful a little bit. Oh, right. You know what? Mine does too. Now that I think about it. Okay. It's just the dubbing that's not there. Yeah, no um, dubbing. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, what we have here, um, once class gets out, is we have our uh, lead lady, um, Susie Kendall playing Jane, and a bunch of super hot chicks that are probably like 10 or 15 years younger than her. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, some of those close-ups, especially on the high definition, it's a little unfortunate <clears throat> for her. Yeah, it's so weird how... I don't want to say wrecked, but in three years, like, yeah. she really, her face kind of took a hit, dude. Yeah. I mean, she's still the classy uh, beauty that she always was, but she's she's in over her head. Oh, a little bit. <laughs> okay. So, um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, so, she goes up and starts talking to her professor, and... Um, blah 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 and then we get introduced to Stefano and now Stefano is probably one of the for me one of the most memorable characters in any of these movies that I've seen because um, I don't know about you but like I think this movie the whole who's the killer, who's the red herrings, 
all this stuff, they, like, hit it so hard. Uh-huh. And they, like, keep, like, banging into your fucking head. Yeah. Who they assume the killer is going to be. And it's just, like, I've never seen a movie try so hard to convince you that someone's a killer yeah, than any, I have any, in this movie. Yeah, anytime a, uh, a male character shows up on screen, whether it's an extra far off in the background... Um, or it's one of the lead lead roles. They're they're a red herring. They're one of the the suspects. Um, Martino just has this way of shooting it right away at the beginning that uh, makes you feel like it's just awful to be a male. Oh my god! And that's <laughs> well, that's what's kind of great about this movie because once they leave the class and they're all in that cool little like town square area, uh-huh. you you see everyone, you yeah. know. Like, everyone is involved. Everyone's there. Every girl is not wearing a bra. And um, it's apparently pretty chilly outside. And (laughs) it's amazing. Um, But go ahead and take it from here and start running down the plot points. All right. Well, I didn't take as much of a detailed plot. I kind of jotted down some notes as we went along. But, yeah, there's this... um, She's kind of flirting a little bit seemed like to me jane with her um she's an american that's uh, now living in uh italy in this perugia and Ding. she's studying art from the uh from this uh professor this artist professor and they have this this uh, strange chemistry this sexual tension between them two um and then i think she knows she's getting a bad grade so she's trying to like butter up the teacher, right? Give give him a little extra, yeah, a little bit. And um, let's see. Well, uh, at this point, all the girls are out there, and we see this girl Flo, who we will recognize as one of the girls from the beginning credits uh-huh. um, and the little love scene. And um, they're like, "Hey, do you want to go hang out?" And she's like, "No, I have a date. I'm gonna go hang out with this dude in some weird abandoned park and." do them <laughs> right okay yep i know where we're at yep, of course <laughs> okay so um so they like leave her there she gets into a fiat ding with some dude and um drives off but one of the coolest things here is that right in the middle of this little town square there seems to be one vendor and this one vendor sells scarfs yep <laughs> And it's so awesome. It's just like this guy is like the linchpin of the whole movie. Um, So we see him and we see all these other people and whatever. So they drive out to this like weird field with like ancient ruins and all this stuff that when you really think about it, you're like, how the hell did that Fiat get up that hill? Like it's really kind of, you know, and um, so they put the seats back and they start going to town in the right. car. They don't just use the back seat. They no. Use the car. They use the whole damn thing. Well, I guess it is a Fiat, so they kind of have to. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, some creep in a ski mask is like poking through the windows, like peeking. And this guy's like, oh, that asshole. I'm going to go beat his ass yeah. instead of finishing off this awesome thing since the guy ran off. So he runs off. Dude follows him. Um doesn't come back right away so the girl gets out of the car she's like dude's name who i don't remember dude's name who i don't remember where'd you go 
And um, so she's walking, and then all of a sudden the car, the car headlights turn on, and she flips around. She's like, <gasps> and she's like, what is it? And the ghost um, killer in the car. <laughs> and then um, there's this great scene, and the dude grabs her by the back of the head, smashes her face on the windshield, uh-huh. um, throws her, starts strangling her, throws her down, and um, her shirt's ripped open, and he's like fondling her with his black gloves, and um, does this amazing stab in the chest with all these weird fake bones right yes they had to get the uh the marketing out of the way so here's our torso mm-hmm. here's torso. <laughs> and she was strangled with a red and black scarf now, now, was it red on black or was it black on red see it's hard for me to remember off the bat here so <laughs> um be very careful that was like seriously like we'll get to that in a minute and there's gonna be spoilers all the hell over this thing so yeah i should have already watched this but that seriously i'm like that is the most like not convoluted but like super hardcore thought out like the whole thing like oh shit yeah is that okay so we'll we'll talk about that a little bit so anyway so the next day at school everyone's freaked out because flo's dead carol who is amazing. I love this chick. She's also in um, A Strange Vice of Miss Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? She also uh, was a producer after she didn't act very long, but then she is like the executive producer of Cemetery Man, and she was a producer on Titus, um, the Anthony Hopkins movie, and a producer on um, Duplicity. Like, she's done a lot of shit, you know? Yeah. She's not just a pretty face and an awesome rack. But in um, Miss Ward, she's blonde. And she looks great as a blonde. And in this, she has kind of like auburn kind of hair. And she looks great either way. So she's freaking out. Full lips. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) There are are some chicks. Because the flow, the chick who died, is seriously probably like the most like chiseled model looking chick you've seen in any of these movies. Right. You know, she's just like like flawless and they probably had to knock her off early because she probably wasn't the best actor in the world although she played a good corpse i'm not gonna lie yeah i wonder if she also maybe demanded a lot of more money to show probably well i don't even know if it was to show but probably just to be there every day just to be yeah yeah to be there and have to show yeah she probably had to get paid a little bit more so now as this is going classes are canceled um uh, our our friend, what did I say his name was? God, I can't remember his name already. Um, not Stefano. Sir, Stefano. I almost called Stefano. him Stefano. I couldn't remember how they pronounced it. Stefano. Stefano. Da 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 da. <laughs> yeah, one of those ones. Oh, he he's chilling with that scarf, right? And it's yeah. like a, a red and black scarf, and it's like, what? And there's red and black scarfs hanging up at the scarf vendor, and this doctor dude, his name is Roberto. I believe yeah. um, he's like, how much for this hot ass scarf? <laughs> and the guy's like, I'll tell you. And he sells him a scarf. So it's like, <clears throat> everyone's like really hip on these like red and black ascots. Like they're going to all rock them and like go hang out at the same party or something. Yeah. Like that. Well, this was the uh, days of Fred on Scooby-Doo, right? Oh, hell yeah, it was. Yeah. They all got to look like him. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then, uh, so Carol's obviously kind of freaked out or whatever. <clears throat> Everyone's upset. Um, now this is where some stuff in the plot gets a little crazy 
because um, we see we see Jane see Carol like freaking out in a car, like kind of crying with some older dude, and then later we find out that that dude is Danny's uncle, <clears throat> and it's like, what's she doing with him? Was that ever like seriously like cleaned out, or was she just like doing that guy? I think it just came down to the fact <clears throat> that they were having a little uh, affair or a little tryst. But Danny was never supposed to know, and she never finds out. <laughs> right, right. She's not supposed to know. She's not supposed to find out. And um, I think it also is supposed to lend just another little suspect in this uh, case. Oh, for sure. And then on top of that, Jane's like, is she a good friend or a bad friend? Because she never tells Danny. Right. You know, assuming she knows who Danny's uncle is. Yeah, you think she would because she's part of that small circle of friends that later goes up to the villa, so... Yeah. Oh, and in case you were wondering, yes, there is a biracial lesbian couple. We'll be getting to them in a little bit. (laughs) So this movie has everything. Right. (laughs) So, um... A little bit later, um... Everyone's kind of tripping out a little bit. Dan, or not Danny, but Carol runs off and she gets on um, the back of like these two dudes and their little dirt bikes. And they take her to some, honestly, what looks to me like one of the greatest parties that have ever taken place in any country at any time ever. Um, <laughs> where all these people are just like getting wasted and naked and having sex and playing guitar, getting dancing. High. Oh my God. And, and some like weird dilapidated warehouse and um carol's just sitting back letting these two dudes go to town on her and obama let us still be like that (laughs) let's get hold us down speaking of i still need to get my health care i gotta get on (laughs) that i only have a few days left um so then the guy starts going like he's gonna go down her pants and everything and she's like i'm gonna smoke this joint and then put it out on your stomach asshole and then i'm gonna run out of here so she bones out of there, and the guys are like, oh, we're pissed. I'm going to get that bitch. I got burned on my tummy. And so instead of just chasing her, she she runs in this high grass. They get in on their dirt bikes, and they're like, we're going to follow her. We're going to f- catch her. Oh, shit, I'm falling, and I hit this jump, and I fall in this big old thing of mud. And that fall looked hard. Yeah. That looked like that motherfucker got hurt, dude. Yeah. I don't know if that stuntman got, was a... Uh got his union pay or anything but i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that was not a stuntman that was just some drunk guy on a dirt bike (laughs) (laughs) someone probably someone on the crew who was giving sergio a hard time oh for sure so at this point uh carol wanders off into the woods and seriously this scene is so good there's a couple of weird cuts in it that i'm not a fan of but She's, like, wandering through this, like, foggy-ass woods area. She's fucking barefoot. She's just, like, freaking out. She sees this figure standing off in the distance that she can't really make out. So she obviously starts walking really fast towards him. And um, then the killer pops out and grabs her and throws her down and starts, like, drowning her in mud. And the whole time, I'm sitting there going, oh my god, hookworm. She's going to get all sorts of parasites. I'm like, not even worried (laughs) that there's a killer attacking her. I'm like, does she even know, like, what horrible things are in her system now? I I, I think think he'll uh, he'll save her from those. Oh my god. I was freaking out. So, um, she rolls over, and 
or he's strangling her and drowning her. She rolls over and he has his knife and he, and this is one of those cuts that are kind of weird. Like she's looking up and then when he has his fingers, like he's going to poke her eyes out, her feet, her eyes are like looking at the fingers now. Uh And I was like, eh, but then he pokes her eyes out after he rubs her um, torso very lavishly with his gloved hands and then there's this awesome shot of blood running down her arm and then the camera shoots up into the sky it's a really atmospheric cool freaking scene for real yeah i think if you catch it from start to finish this scene um is probably this this span of a couple minutes is probably the best in the film um as far as like like you said there's some shots that are a bit weird but cinematography and the uh the fact that she's probably a little bit baked um probably seeing it through her eyes this hazy weird and depending i guess on the uh the transfer you get of this film it's it's very eerie and um i think torso gets a lot of undue credit for um being one of the uh i guess the impetus of the slasher film that came a couple years later um i think that's kind of unfair to this film because it is more of a crime thriller than a slasher film but i can see also in this scene where they get some of that from the point of view shots and the uh the feet kind of trudging through the mud of the killer yeah um, stalking her the stalk and slash aspect of it <clears throat> i i don't want to call it a slasher because or because then you're you're putting unfair expectations on it well i think too the way they marketed it in america at least getting back to the whole like torso here's a big old saw yeah yeah like they were really like marketing it the way you would market a slasher movie like how they would end up marketing something like that but um i again i think that was more for american audiences than anything else because it is uh like let me say this if all slasher movies in america in the 80s were this well thought out when it comes to plot and red herrings and all this other stuff um i think the slasher genre would be a little more accepted especially back in the 80s you know what i'm saying because like i mean as far as like a plot goes this is a heavy fucking plot yeah you know i mean it does have does have its plot holes which we'll probably get into oh for sure for sure (laughs) but yeah (laughs) It's, it's uh it's it's not a slasher film Okay, so no, 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 that's the yeah. Um, so now uh, we're back in the school or whatever, and um, we have everybody like freaking out now because they find out Carol's dead right away. Is this what they cut right to the police talking to the students? Yep. Yeah. Class. So everyone's all upset, and they start talking about the scarf and all this other shit. Now, um. One of the things that I like in this film, as compared to other um, films by the greats, is that, like, Argento, for instance, he'll find really crazy architecture. And he will really pump that up in a lot of his shots. In this film, like, Sergio Martino, he's like, dude, like, I have this whole place in italy to shoot at i'm gonna shoot every fucking cathedral staircase bridge town square whatever and it's so great because there's like you like at least here you do not have 
anything that looks like that. Right. And he really, like, especially there's a couple scenes with Jane just walking around doing her thing. You see so much of just, like, the beauty of Italy, like, in the city. And you don't get that with a lot of the other movies. Because, like, with a lot of Argento stuff, it's super dreamy. And so the stuff you see, it's it's weird. It's not just, this is an amazing look of the town. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like her walking under the Stone Arch Bridges. or Totally. Just, like, comparing this to a film like Deep Red, where that whole uh, exterior seemed like it was just empty of any people. And that, like you said, that's kind of like like you're in a dream. Or one of those weird nightmares where you're the only person in the whole square. Whereas totally. in this one, the town square is just packed with people. Oh my god, it's great. And this, yeah, this totally made you feel like you were watching a foreign film. Like you have no idea how bad I want to just go hang out there. Like <laughs> I, I'm hoping that that's still like that, and I want to go there, and I just want to chill out by a ascot. Yeah, h- hang out, you know, like and like with like Deep Red, like not to start talking about Deep Red now, but like that whole little town square in deep red yes it's like devoid of fucking people and all this other shit but it also almost looks like a set like on yeah, a sound stage you know Very like much. the way it's set up and i think it was supposed to feel like that but it, for me just like getting a lot of the local color and all that stuff was really fucking cool in this movie so i like that a whole lot so anyway that was a rabbit trail and a half but um <laughs> so um, I think one of the things that happens here that we haven't touched on um, is Stefano. He um, picks up a hooker. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. He picks up a hooker and he takes her back to some hotel or whatever. And he's like totally nervous smoking a cigarette. And she's super hot. And she's like, come on, dude, let's do this. You know, um, we can do it this way, that way. But just hurry the fuck up because I got other people to bang. And, da, 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 da. and he's like, he doesn't really say anything and then she kind of gives him shit and then he starts strangling her and hits her and he's like you fucking bitch I'll kill you (laughs) so they're they're trying really hard to set him up super hard and it's so funny because like um okay we won't give any spoilers yet we'll come back to that but it's just like I was just like fuck man they're trying so fucking hard and then in a little bit he finds Danny because he's like madly in love with Danny apparently. That's right. We have and to he, establish that. And he fucking runs up to Danny, who's also super hot, and he like grabs her and he's like, "Listen here, bitch, you're mine. I love you. You're gonna be with me." And she's like, uh-huh. "Get the fuck away from me, Mister!" And um, so there's all that nonsense going on. Well, um, <clears throat> the cops come up to the the vendor of the scarfs and they're like, "Uh, yeah, you know, uh." Uh, do you have any red and black scarves? And he's like, oh, yes, I've had some, uh, but I, I can't remember. I, I see people every day. You know, I'm in this town square, and I'm very creepy and weird. And um, so the cops walk off, and then he runs up to a payphone and calls whoever the killer is and says, hey, listen, the cops are asking questions. I want some money, motherfucker. And so then I guess they're going to meet somewhere. And um, he goes... <laughs> to meet this guy only to be like fucking killed by his car <laughs> yeah yeah this is one of those scenes that we can put a little check mark next to the uh, the attack or the rundown by the car oh my in the god night with the headlights for sure and yeah and some almost some uh kind of fulci type effects with the uh, the car smashing into his head crushing it against the wall 
And then when it comes out, his head's not crushed. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a bloody <laughs> nose, maybe. But yeah, dude, the, the effects of this were gory as shit in that scene. And then when you yeah. see his body afterwards, it's like, uh, he might be okay. He might make it. <laughs> I think it just filled back up with blood. I think that's what happened. Like a balloon. Oh, uh, yeah. So now the scarf guy's gone. So no more ascots in the town square. Um <clears throat> And basically, Danny's freaking out now because now Danny's like, dude, you know what? I think I saw somebody with a red and black scarf. And she's like, I can't remember who it was, though. And she's thinking really hard. And to her credit, everyone in that fucking town had one except for the guys that Carol got on the bike with. That's you right. Know? And she's like, oh, dude, I just can't think of it. So all of a sudden, she gets a phone call at home from the killer saying, listen here, bitch, you fucking forget about a scarf. Rawr. And mm-hmm. she's like, ah. and so her uncle, who was banging Carol, is like, hey, why don't you go stay at my villa up on the, this fucking cliff yeah. in the middle of nowhere? And she's like, yeah, that sounds cool. I'll get all my friends and my lesbians, and we'll go up there and we'll chill. Yeah, it seems <laughs> kind of strange how 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 uh, much he pushes this right away. He doesn't say, let's think about something. Let's let's try to figure this out, or let's it's call like, the cops. Yeah. It's like, hey, why don't you go up to my secret place that no one else has access to, except for probably me. And I won't see you again. Yeah. No, no big deal. <laughs> Here's the key. Kick rocks, bitch. But make sure to bring your uh, lesbian friends. Yeah. Is Carol still around? Oh, yeah. So, <clears throat> so they go, and this is one of the coolest parts ever. They go to this town, and apparently no one in this town has ever seen a black girl before. And she's sitting on top of a tractor and every grody, creepy Italian pig is like standing in a circle around this trailer going like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, yeah, whatever. I'm super hot. Like yeah. s- soak it all in boys. They're almost exalted upon this, the end of this tractor trailer or whatever this thing is. Oh, it's so great. Like they're, they're being idolized by these men so fucking cool so then um they put like a fucking box of groceries on top of the tractor the girls get up on the tractor not jane just danny and the lesbians yeah jenny had to or jane had to stay behind for some reason. she she was gonna go with uh the the teacher to some fucking opera or some shit oh, like yeah. that right isn't she kind of snooping around Steph- stefano's <clears throat> stefano's place too and yeah she's, she's like a doll and exactly. a letter written to a girl exactly yeah so just hitting it hard hitting it home even harder (laughs) that this dude is probably the killer um so they go up in this tractor with this dude with this bad comb over with like the giddiest grin on his face that he has like three hot bitches on his tractor and um then there's these guys in town like they're like the the pig dudes are like oh dude we're gonna totally go nail those girls man yeah oh my god and then there's like some like kind of retarded guy and they're like hey they really liked you you should go up and nail them man yeah they'll love it oh yeah they thought you were so cute and he's like we all been there that poor shoemaker (laughs) I, i feel his pain (laughs) <laughs> I was that guy in my group of friends, I think. <laughs> oh no! So you would go, you would go spy on people instead of just go hitting on them, right? They'd they'd send me up to go do the the spying, and then I would be the one that, that had to call my parents at two in the morning. Ah, scow. <laughs> oh, so the girls are up at this house, and Danny has to sit there and watch. Um, these two lesbians like make love to each other with their eyes 
and she's like, <laughs> and so the two lesbians run up um, in the bedroom, and they're getting ready to, you know, scissor or whatever it is lesbians do in the seventies, and um, there's someone spying on them through the window. Who could and, it be now? Oh my gosh, who could it be now? Um, <laughs> but then someone spies on the person spying. And guess who it is? It's Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so the killer, see, <laughs> the killer sees Eric. Um, Eric sees the killer. And um, Eric runs home. And the killer chases him. <laughs> yep. And then um, the retarded guy that we are calling Eric for some reason now, which I feel bad about, um, <laughs> decides, I'm just going to stand up against this wall in my shitty little shack and maybe he won't see me. <laughs> right. And the killer comes up and kills him. So, there, Have we talked about this killer in his mask yet? It's just a shitty uh, ski mask, like a gray ski mask. It's kind of... For some reason, though, it's it's not like a ski mask that I've really seen before. It's kind of a... It looks like the holes were made himself. Yeah, yeah, like maybe the uh, pillowcase from Friday the 13th Part 2. Um, but I thought it was just interesting how Sergio or whoever uh, came up with the costuming of this film didn't do the uh, normal black hat face in the shadow. But they just put this ghastly ski mask on the guy. And um, maybe once again, this is where we get the, uh, the mask-wearing slasher craze from, but... Um, I, yeah. I I thought it was also weird with the color, like yeah. I, like that it wasn't black or right. um, it's just so bland and it blends in almost with the like the fog and everything like yeah. that, you know. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure some other stuff happens, and for some reason the doctor Roberto is now in this village. You know, because he does charity work everywhere. Um, <laughs> but Jane shows up at the house now. She decided to fuck off or whatever, and she's there. Um, I don't know if she had a really good reason to be there. I can't remember offhand. It's really not important, I guess. She just she's now there. She decided to go. Oh, wait, didn't the uh, the girls rode into the villa with the doctor? He, uh, he came and sat in their train car. Oh, yeah, he was in the train car. So this is another, like... So like, huh. Yeah, so... Cause they funky doctor doing they, they remember him from school. Yeah. But didn't want to say anything on the train. And then um, the next day, when the milk is being delivered by some other creepy dude who's never seen a woman before, apparently, Jane falls down the stairs and, like, breaks her ankle or some shit. Mm-hmm. And, um... So they're like, get a doctor to the milkman who was just stoked to see a bunch of like half naked girls. Because a second ago they were naked outside, yep, sunbathing, um, which is also amazing and fun. Um, <laughs> so they go get a doctor and they get Roberto. And they're like, wait, we saw you on. The- wait, you were there. And then he's like, yes, yes, I'm everywhere. I'm, I'm omnipresent. I'm very amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so they give her like some fucking morphine or heroin or something and it knocks her out for like a good 12 hours or something like that yeah so while she's asleep the girls go to some swimming hole and um danny sees stefano 
um, looking at her from across the way, and she's all like, what the fuck, motherfucker? Um, there is one little bit that we, that I forgot, at least, because I'm all over the place and I've been drinking. Um, when Jane gets there, uh, Danny says, you know what? I saw Stefano with that ascot thing, but the cops said it was red with black on top, but this was black with red on top, I think. There was yeah. some, like, confusion about, like, the design on the, the pattern. Scarf, the pattern. Right. Yeah, so now she's like, I don't know what to think. So, anyway. So she sees him, and now she's freaked out. And then isn't there another shot of him, like, with binoculars in the town square? Like, looking for them or whatever? The doctor or Stefano? Stefano. Hmm. I'm sure he's out there peeping somewhere. Yeah, so he's being a creep. Yeah. They get back to the place, and she's freaking out. She's like, I saw Stefano, dude. This isn't cool. And then they're like, call somebody, and she picks up the phone. The phone's dead. Oh, shit. What are we going to do? So then all of a sudden, there's a... On the door, they're like, oh, my God, who could it be at this hour? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. They open the door, and bam, it's Stefano wearing the scarf. Mm-hmm. Or is it? Well, it is Stefano, but then he falls, and his scarf comes off, and there's a knife in his back or some shit. Or, I don't know, there might not be a knife in his back. The motherfucker's dead, and now the killer is standing behind him. Which makes the girls scream. Yep. This is where the movie gets fucking amazing. <laughs> yep. That's, uh, what, about 30 minutes left in the film at this point? Oh. We find out that the phone line is dead, of course. And uh, Jane is basically bedridden with this ankle injury. And things get a little bit Hitchcockian at this point, it seems like. Oh, it's so good. So Jane wakes up, and she's like, where the fuck's my eggs? God, you guys are lazy as shit. And she's, like, walking around. And, I, you know, I paraphrase, guys. So I, I just, I, I do the dialogue for the movie I want to see, okay? So... <laughs> this all is coming from your Giallo series, I'm guessing? She's so, like, what? He's like, good. <laughs> so she's like walking around she's like where the fuck is everybody <clears throat> Susie and... would never say that <laughs> she's like oh, yeah they get they get the glimpse of there was some kind of a party going on and we finally get to see the J&B bottle sitting on the table there hell yeah see it on the table sitting here too oh yeah yeah, yeah. and um so then she walks around and she sees the place is like in shambles you know like they partied hard and um, then I, I can't remember if she sees a body first or if she sees Danny first. She sees the bodies first, right? Yeah, because she sees the two lesbians with their throats slit. And then Danny sort of jumps out at her, a little bit of a jump scare here. But uh, she doesn't have any wind left in her. Her own throat is slit as well, and she she's unable to talk. But so she, good. She... Uh, it's at this point where she gives up the ghost. So Jane watches her die. Yes. Oh my god, it's so good! And Jane's like, oh my gosh. And then the door's opening. She's like, what the fuck? Well, yeah. she, go, she goes to pick up the phone and the phone's dead. And then she... The door's opening, so she hides behind a chair. You know, perfect hiding spot. <laughs> and this fucking person comes in, and you see his legs, and he's got a fucking saw, and he's got like a burlap sack. And he fucking goes over to one of the chicks and just starts fucking 
sawing her up, like sawing her up into little pieces and putting them in a bag. And she's like fucking freaking out. And the voyeuristic nature of this scene is so fucking well done, dude. It is. Oh my god. And it's just, she's like ready to puke and scream and cry and everything. Killer's just like, oh, I'm sawing body parts, do 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 do, putting limbs in a bag. <laughs> and um, so then he fills the bag up and drags it out the door. <clears throat> and she's like fucking panicking. And again, she's limping around like a douchebag because she's got a broken leg or whatever. Yeah. And, um, so she, I can't remember if the milkman comes at this point. Yeah. It seems like people just keep showing up and interrupting this poor killer as he's hacking up these women. Um, but yeah, going back to that whole scene of cutting off the limbs and, and the like, I had something interesting that came out of that interview. I, I watched uh, with Martino's, he was saying if he could go back and do that, he would actually not show the limbs being cut off. He would, he wants it to be more. Uh, in the uh, audience's mind as to what's going on and for the most part I can I can see what he's getting at I know a lot of directors kind of go for that but like you said the way he did this was so well done that I, it would be a shame if he left that out yeah I feel like the reason why he wants it cut out is because you could see them breathing that could be he's <laughs> <laughs> like yep. fucking actors and they're having to breathe to live yep. a bunch of another thing during all of this is throughout most of the film when the killer is kind of stalking these these women uh, he has his own sort of a theme song uh, <gasps> which I loved I loved his theme there's but, there's not a lot of music in this movie but the music yeah. that is there is so fucking good dude right oh. yeah. and uh, yeah speaking of the absence of music or lack of music during this whole voyeuristic scene as she's watching this there's just no sounds except for the hacking and usually you know they'll put in a few chords here and there to kind of heighten the suspense or whatever but i think the lack of the music is even more jarring and totally makes it even more like heart pounding as nail, you're watching it. nail on the head dude yeah totally um and the the part where she's like trying she's gonna go get up the stairs or whatever and then the door opens and she like doesn't know where to go she's like <gasps> and the killer just throws the milk and bread in yeah, and then shuts the door and doesn't even like look in, but and she would have been totally caught. Okay, she. Oh my god, dude, the suspense in this scene is so good. And then um, she runs upstairs, shuts the door to her room, looks out the window. She could see that the killer is taking a, the bag somewhere. She can't see who the killer is, so she immediately smart thinking totally cleans all the shit up in her room and i mean i want Susie kendall to be my maid because her room was a fucking shithole and she <laughs> made it look like no one had been in there for months in a matter of seconds right so good like please come clean my house like as she was doing this i i was just thinking wow i never would have done that ever smart Susie. super smart she rolls the mattress she takes all her shit throws it in the fucking um uh, goddamn wardrobe and then she gets in there oh wait no she doesn't get in there yet she just where does she well it doesn't matter yeah, uh, she starts flashing that mirror uh, which is hysterical because yeah. you could totally see the cameraman like clear as fucking day in the mirror if she's doing <laughs> that like it's full fucking head he's like yeah. hello and um but yeah so she's trying to signal down the hill because the way this amazing estate is set up on this cliffside it completely overlooks the village and so like 
anyone anywhere in the village would be able to see something if they were to look up at the house which apparently wasn't something that anyone was fucking doing at that time i think i think this uh effectively really actually adds to the suspense of the film the fact that you're like come on just look up just look up there and it's rad because it shows a bunch of people in the town not they're all just looking around doing their shit not look up at the at the mansion oh so good so good so um the killer comes back in to do the next body or whatever um when does the gas station guy come yeah, I think the milkman came first during the first round of dismemberment, and then I think this is the, uh, this might be where the gas man comes. So he comes to drop off um, Jane's car, I think, is what it yep. is. Which, to me, I think there would have been a more dead giveaway because it seems the killer doesn't realize Jane's there until later when he hears the people talking in the street. Yeah. But anyway, so, plot hole, whatever. Um, so she's like peeking out the door from upstairs and she could see another body getting cut up. She's freaking out. She runs to the window to like wave to the guy who brought the car and kicks over a chair because she's as clumsy as shit, even though she knows how to clean really fast. (laughs) So she panics and jumps in the wardrobe and the killer comes running up the stairs in the room. And there's a super suspenseful scene where you could see him kind of walking by through the crack in the door. And you think he's going to open the wardrobe, but he just walks in, he walks out and locks the door. The other thing he finds are her shoes on the stairs when she slipped and fell or whatever and even she noticed this she looked out but it was at this point the killer was already in the house and there was no way she was going to go out and retrieve them and honestly three girls were in that place unless he goes and plays cinderella i don't know why she was freaking (laughs) out so bad you know like their shoes come on well she left her toiletries in the bathroom too yeah well and those could have been any of the girls toiletries You know, it, it doesn't say, like, this belongs to Susie Kendall. She's in the <laughs> next room. This one has a lot more makeup in it. She must be older. I'm seeing a lot of long, blondish gray hairs in this brush. <laughs> oh. I'm just kidding. She looked great, but she just did not look as good as she did in plumage. Right. For realsies. We'll always have her in plumage. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway. So she's like looking she hears the killer leave or whatever she notices that the door's locked so she's like okay she has this great idea because she's fucking macgyver she's like if i could push this key out and have it drop on this paper i could slide it under the door this is like seriously probably my favorite scene in the whole movie mine too for sure oh my god so this This actually made me gasp, and I don't gasp very often. I gasped too the first time I saw this. I was like, oh my god! Um, So she pushes the key out, and it drops, and it doesn't land on the paper. And she starts pulling the paper slowly back under the door, and then all of a sudden you see a blacked glove hand pick up the key and put it on the paper. So she can pull it through the door. Oh my god. Epic, dude. Cat and mouse at its height right here so good and so she unlocks the door and comes out and the killer grabs her oh my god what's gonna happen now he's not wearing his uh, gray ski mask anymore no and he's also not wearing stefano's face no <laughs> or the doctor yes yeah, or, or the uncle it's nobody who is it who is it 
the professor. Professor. In the library with the hacksaw. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, like, she's like, oh my god. He's like, oh, hey, what are you doing here? And I was waiting for him to say, I was waiting for him to say, this isn't what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> And he goes on this big, long fucking speech about how Carol and um, Flo were blackmailing him with, like, a, a, a lewd sex tape or sex pictures from the yeah. beginning of the movie. And how um, he thought girls were just toys um, and that they were evil because when his brother tried to rescue some girl's doll on a cliff, he fell and died. Which is something you see a little bit of in flashes in the movie, which yeah, you could have gone without that whole subplot and everything would have been fine. Blackmail is always plenty of a subplot for me. Uh, to the to the girl's credit, the boy was trying to get her to pull down her panties. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean the only reason Saul why guys get her doll off the cliff. Yeah. The only reason why guys do anything stupid forever and ever is for that exact reason no matter if you're five or if you're 40 like every stupid thing a man does is for that reason i'd still scale a cliff just to get one girl or any girl to pull down her panties in front of me even my wife i say that lovingly shit so then he's like yeah and then danny fucking saw me wearing the scarf on my way to kill that bitch and so i had to kill her and i didn't mean to kill the lesbians but they were here and they were being all lesbian in the in the and now you're here yeah so shit what do we do now and she's like trying to like slowly walk away from him and he's like yeah but i'm gonna have to kill you anyway yeah so then they have this big fight now while all this is going on dr do good um roberto is like, huh, I should probably go pay a visit. Did um, he see her flashing the mirror? I feel like he was the one that saw that. But maybe... No, he, he didn't even know she... Uh, wait, no, she knew. he knew she was there. He thought they left. Okay. Because he went and knocked on the door or whatever earlier and nobody oh, answered. Oh, yeah. And he explains then, it at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the gas station guy said that, no, I just took her car up. They're still there or whatever. Yep. And so that's why he went back. He's like, hmm, okay. <clears throat> So, um, at this point, the R- Roberto comes in, and they have some big blowout fight, and, um... Mortal Kombat moves here. Totally. And then he chases them out into the barn. Now, yeah. seriously, this is, like, super Friday the 13th Part 3 action going on in here. Oh, yeah. Like, there is some, this is a really good fight scene in a barn, you know, in case you ever want to have a fight in a barn. Um, so many sharp objects in the barn so many sharp objects um what what were what, did you have any favorite moves or butt tosses or anything that they Just were the the uh the raiden drop kick that the doctor put on <laughs> the professor. which just he had, out of nowhere just which he had to have learned in year three of medical school yeah <laughs> <laughs> or maybe in his moonlighting as a professional wrestler Oh my god, that'd be awesome. So, um, he comes out, the whole deal. Um, she comes out, I mean, and she's like watching him. And at this point, you know, again, because this estate is on apparently a piece of land that has cliffs on 
five sides of the building um comes out and sees them kind of in the background behind the barn fighting and one of them falls over the edge now this ending is really weird and i've never known if i've liked it or not yeah did it trip you out a little bit i mean i get what they were going for but it was a little bit like okay come on you know (laughs) yeah you don't have to play this whole yeah, like hallucinate hallucination game. Totally. So the uh, the killer walks out. So it's like, oh no. Uh, his blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, it looks nothing like him. Looks nothing like Roberto or dresses like Roberto or anything. Yeah. And she's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then it cuts back and it's not the killer. It's Roberto. Yeah. It's and like they're trying to play off maybe she wasn't seeing it correctly because of the lighting or something. But it's like, well then just put him in the shadow or something. And then they hug in the movie ends. But here's the thing, though. Like, I, I was reading about it, and they actually shot two endings for this. Yeah. They shot Roberto dying, and then they shot um, fucking... Uh, God, I can't remember the, doc- the professor's name. Anyway, of him dying. And so I feel like they're like, well, we have two endings. Let's fuck with the audience and cut them together. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I feel wonder like... If they did, was... Yeah, I wonder if they did, like, a clue-type thing, like, depending on which screening you go to, you'll get... Maybe Ooh, that Roberto comes walking in at first, and she's a little bit relieved, and then it cuts back, and it's the professor. Dude, imagine how fucking shit that would have been, dude. <laughs> I, I would have been like, if Roberto walked out first, I would have been all, oh, thank God, and then all of a sudden, it's it's the professor? And then that's how the movie ends? I would have went, like, what? I would have lost it. I think, yeah. I think they should have flipped it. I think they should have went the other way with that, if they were going to do that whole, like... Pulling the fucking carpet out from under the audience thing. Yep. Yeah, and he uh, he explains to her in some long-winded explanation that oh, uh, if it weren't for the fates of the destiny, I never would have found out you were up here because I got into a car accident, had to go to the mechanic, and the mechanic told me you were still here. So if I hadn't have stopped on the road and got rear-ended. It's like well, just okay. so just so you know how convoluted this is. Let me explain it to you real quick. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, you could have went all about with them. that was the one thing about this that um, was kind of irritating. Like you have this big, long-winded, like I couldn't have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for these kids. Like yeah. bit at the end from the killer, and then like after the killer's dead, the hero's like, oh well, now let me tell you my long, stupid story. And she's like, yeah, that's cool. Just hug me. And he's like, so this means sex, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a good looking doctor. Yeah. I mean, she could have done worse. Yeah. For a hero, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if they were trying to, depending on, like you said, at the beginning of the film, depending on what cut you get, there's this long lecture and he's talking about this painter who, uh, was an atheist but he painted spiritual figures and he transcended realism and blood um and i don't know if they're trying to get up at the end that the professor was trying to be like this painter who uh treated women like dolls and play things and that they weren't real people because then he tells jane that she's the only real woman that he's ever experienced (laughs) oh my goodness sorry i may just sneeze with all Uh. that yeah. I confuse myself too. It's okay. Well, no, I mean, it's. It, I understand that that's probably where that was going, but I mean, that's some like deep shit right there. 
I know. You know, like I spent way too much time trying to figure it out, and I just gave up on it. It's like but, Italian film sometimes. <laughs> I just I feel like that Stefano is like the red herring of all red herrings because yeah. like like every time I watch this movie, I've seen this movie probably like ten times or so, and every time I watch it, like halfway through the movie, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, this is that movie where the red herring really is the killer. It is Stefano, right? And then I'm like, oh shit, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes they try to make it so obvious that you'll say, oh, this is too obvious. And then exactly. they will pull them in there. But um, I kind of, this was my first time actually watching this film. And I, I was kind of under that assumption too. Like, oh, this is too obvious. It's not him. Um, but even the professor... I was starting to think that too because he just disappeared in the yeah, middle of the film. Totally, he's the only one that really didn't seem to have any motive or any like yeah. throughout the film. Yeah, and I just that one I said it's probably it could be the professor because he's disappeared, and I thought that was too obvious. So I still kind of do it a little bit, but not to the extent of him wearing the scarf or any of that stuff. And the whole bit with like the scarf being red on black or black on red again that was like ridiculously epic <laughs> yeah it's not like something they went back to and said oh man we gotta figure out a way to make this uh, interesting twist it's like they planned that out and it was pretty good but at the end of the day Stefano's a total piece of shit he was about yeah. to kill that hooker and then he fucking probably would have killed Danny if the killer didn't kill her first yeah telling her that she belongs to him and stalking her Oh, wouldn't, that, snapped wouldn't that have been great if he went there and killed her and then the killer showed up and he's like, oh, what are yeah. you doing? And he's like, yeah. who are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the movie could have been called One Killer Too Many. Yep. And it would have been kind of like a comedy at that point. That would have been great. <laughs> yeah, like a uh, one of those whodunits that go wrong. Oh, my God. Throw Tim Curry in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I buttle. Um, but so the, the other thing about this, uh, movie, I, I know a lot of people, I feel like Sergio Martino doesn't get enough credit, enough, like, I guess credit. I mean, he is, or was, oh, well, I guess he still is, um, one of those work for hire directors and, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because I have been one of those work for hire directors and <laughs> um, whether I'm doing a movie I want to do or I'm doing a movie I get hired to do, I still put as much as I can into each yeah. one, you know, and some, names on it. some of the best things I've done have been work to hire kind of things. But at the same time, when you look, he, uh, Sergio Martino did four um, jallies in a row. Right. And then on this one, he's like, you know what? I'm going to write this too. So yeah. I feel like out of all the ones that he did from <clears throat> uh, Blade of the Ripper, Scorpion's Tale, uh, <sighs> Miss Ward, and uh, the super long title, Strain the Vices, Locked Room, and I only have a key. With keys. Yeah, exactly. I think this is probably the one that he probably cared most about because he was putting the story together on it, you know? Yep. So, um, I don't know, I just, I, I really, really like this movie, and I think it's so much fun, and it's so hot. Like, there's yeah. good-looking chicks in it, and it's just, it's got, 
it's got for me it has everything and the music's great um it's just i i, I don't know what else to say it's like this movie is super fucking great it's a super yeah. great movie yeah i wasn't expecting it but this film stuck with me for uh, all last night after i watched it and even and even today while i was uh, sitting in the doldrums at work it was still in the back of my mind um not for anything that really stood out spectacularly not you know but just the fact just the uh like you said the music musical cues or tones in it um a lot of the the way those last 30 minutes how that was done was just um i don't know if it was intentional or not the way that he kind of emulated hitchcock there with the uh her coming up with all these smart ways to make him realize that she still isn't there cleaning the room hiding um realizing her shoes are still on the steps i think that was just expertly done for a guy that like you said is a work to hire director um and there are a lot of just really well done shots in this movie like really really um yeah the the guy in the in the reflection of the mirror is a huge fuck up but i mean <laughs> i think in edit because another thing that a lot of people don't know is that when back in the day when you were making a movie you couldn't just pull it up and see what you did you know you yeah. couldn't <clears throat> you couldn't like look at what you just shot and even if you had a budget big enough to run dailies and stuff like that still like you you don't know what you have or don't have until the next day So, like, it's not like... I mean, if today someone were making a movie and that fuck-up happened, you could, like, talk a lot of shit on it. Like, oh, come on, guys. You didn't (laughs) see that. You didn't see it in your video monitor, you know? But, like, something like that back then, like, um, you could kind of push that aside a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got a little quote out there that says he's a soda pop director when you put them up against champagne directors because he prefers the sugary, bubbly, fun plots to the uh, watered-down wine that some people go for. So, yeah, he's got a couple of these fuck-ups in there, a couple mishaps, some plot holes. Um, But in the end, it's a fun movie. It's got some cool cinematography, some exciting twists, suspense, great music, and beautiful girls. Oh yeah. And yes, I would be one of those drooling men in the uh, <laughs> villa. I was one of those drooling men in the villa. I want to be the one. This. I want to be the one with the cross eyes. <laughs> 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 so when you talk about plot holes, like what plot holes, like did you notice, like right off the bat, it's like Jesus Christ, that's a fucking big one. Like, was there anything that you were just like, wow, how are they going to get around this? I mean, maybe I'm using the wrong terminology, but. The, uh, the biggest gripe, I guess, that I had with it was when they decided to go up to this villa and they pretty much advertised the fact that they were there by arriving and sitting on this tractor for a while because all these men gathered around. It's like, if you're going somewhere to hide out, don't make it known to the whole village that you're there. And uh, so totally, it's, totally. it's like it only took the killer a couple hours to find them. I mean, if that movie was made today, there'd be people Instagramming that shit and Facebooking it within <laughs> seconds. Yes. <laughs> they would have been yeah. caught like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if that's a plot hole. Or it's, it's just something that kind of was like, okay, 
it's just one of those things where like uh, any common sense would say if you're yeah. hiding fucking go hide yeah but i understand what he's doing you know martino's got a little bit of exploitation roots with some of the uh, documentaries and stuff he did before this film so he's yeah. he's gonna show the women off in the square town square and i absolutely love um <clears throat> how in every single one of these movies you see just like how skeezy the guys in Italy are. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, the guy selling scarves has has the comb over and the oh, and he's like, teeth. and he's like looking up her leg, like yeah. up the skirt. And she's like, see yep. something you want, or I get she's <laughs> a good show. She's like, nothing yeah, up there for you or something like that. It's not for sale today, buddy. And yeah. he's like, he <laughs> <laughs> looked like shame. fucking riffraff from fucking Rocky Horror, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <sighs> yeah. So any any closing thoughts on this this bad mother hubbard? No, it gets somewhat of a bad rap. Um, some people say it's not one of his best jelly films. And that's up for everyone's interpretation, but I think that this is a uh, recommend for myself. I must see. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100% with it being something you guys should all see. Yeah. Um, it's, I said, don't don't watch it in the lens that this is going to be like a slasher film because you heard that it may be influenced slasher films because then you're going to be waiting for the one after the other kill, the uh, gory slashing Look, watch it for the the suspense and for sure, and the and the boobies. Because like honestly, like you have your two kills, and then like you have this massacre that happens off screen. Yeah, you know, so it's you don't have the the kill count the way you would normally have it in one of those movies. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear people saying that this movie is kind of boring, kind of runs long, but. I what do not understand how anyone could say that. I know. Doesn't it boggle your mind? I mean, put it up against... I guess they haven't seen many other lesser-done Jolly films. This like, one... Um, like Five Dolls? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I like that movie, though. But it's fucking slow as shit. Yeah, for the, for the casual viewer. <laughs> They'll get you on your iPhone every five minutes. It's a good one. Yeah, that was fun. I really fucking like this movie, and I get so mad when people don't. Not that I, I want to like shake them or anything like that, but it's just like this movie has everything you could possibly want. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was scouring the reviews. Maybe this was my first mistake: scouring the reviews on IMDb and trying to find out more about what was going on with that painting. And like, I felt like that had something to do with it, and it was just bugging me. But I feel like it did. But at the end of the day, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just a bunch of words that they're not going to really be able to pull together unless they flash back something. Yeah, you have to kind of remember, I'm learning with these Italian films, is they like to put a lot of nonsense and make you think that it's important. But, yeah, was, yeah, reading those reviews, trying to get an idea of what other people thought, it was... It, it's got a 6.5, but it's got... seems like it's got way more negative commentary on it. And I just... I think people are watching it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like... I think, like, one of the things for me that I like this movie so much is that, um, like, the whole time you're sitting there telling yourself, it cannot be Stefano. It cannot yeah. be Stefano. And then it, tell, it, it, like, it goes so hard into, like, making you think it's him. 
and then like you're gonna sit there for a second go shit (laughs) could it be him (laughs) and then when the door opens you're like motherfucker it's him and then you're like oh I remember they kind of did that with our first, the birth crystal plumage with a guy sitting in the chair, mm-hmm. and then he just flops over, the knife in his back. But the thing with crystal plumage is like you never had it, really right. any reason to believe that it was him. I think yeah. the only thing that made you think it might be is when he shows up that day, he looks through the hole in the door like the killer did. Yeah, you know true. what I'm saying. But like I, it, but it's just like. Stefano was just like the biggest piece of shit human being ever. <laughs> and then like, yeah, turns out I'm not the killer. I'm just a total piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you're going to be a piece of shit, you might as well kill people. Oh my God, for sure. Um, speaking of, um, let's talk about what we're going to do next. Because there, there's, I have, like, originally we were talking about doing Strip Nude for Your Killer. Okay. Yeah. And then I was thinking, like, should we be doing movies that people who are listening to the show could, like, watch on Netflix or something in case, like, this is, like, a whole new thing for people? Like, movies that they could access quickly. Right. Instead yeah, of this movies one wasn't available. Yeah, Torso is not something you could just find. And Strip Me For Your Killer is not something you could just pick up Yeah. either. As much as those are the ones I want to do, like I'm wondering if we should, for our audience sake, or at least yeah. for like people new to Jali, if they should, if we should do, um, and I know you've already done a couple that are available on Netflix, because um, you did um, Hatchet for the Honeymoon, and um, oh, what the, was the other one I know that was on Netflix that you did? Blood in Black Place or Deep Red. I haven't looked on Netflix in a long time. Okay, um, I, I, did you, you didn't do Bay of Blood, did you? No, I didn't do that one. Um, that one is one that's been done to death, but that is available pretty much everywhere. Is that something you'd be interested in doing? Yeah, that one is on my bucket list. I think we could definitely tackle that one. Um, you know, these first couple episodes, getting our feet wet, getting people wet, I mean, interested. <laughs> we might want to, I guess, tackle some of the the more well-known or noticeable ones just to kind of offer an introduction um, into the this little subgenre we're doing. So is that something we, we could do and then we could do Strip Nude the following week? Yeah, I think we could still sprinkle in the uh, lesser-known ones that aren't out there, give people some time to figure out ways to go find them, whichever ways they choose. Okay, so that's cool. Let's do that. Um, so uh, the next one we'll do is Bay of Blood, also known as Twitch of the Death Nerve by Mario Bava. Yeah. And this one is littered with controversy, not because of the movie itself, but because of a lot of people thinking that movies like Halloween and Friday the 13th 1 and especially Friday the 13th 2 j- lifted shit right out of that film. So, um, and again, you could be the judge for how much, I mean, John Carpenter comes right out and says that, that Mario Bava in that movie was a huge influence on him. Whereas Sean, Sean Cunningham was like, and Steve Miner like, I've never heard of Mario who yeah, and, um, right. did all that <laughs> shit. So, um, but we, we could talk all about it. It's, um, uh, it's, it's, yeah, we, we could talk about it on the next episode and um there's uh, a hot chick named Broomhilda in it like what else can you ask for 
Uh, maybe a hot chick not named Brunhilde. <laughs> and this movie seriously has one of the, to me, one of the worst endings of any movie that has ever happened in the history of the world. So if that doesn't make you salivate to watch Bay of Blood, I don't know what will. <laughs> the history of the world. Wow, that's a big claim. I guess we'll have to... Uh, oh, see. you're going to love it. <laughs> All right, well then I guess um, we could play ourselves out. Did you get any feedback or anything like that? No, I kind of waited till the last second, so I didn't get too much feedback on what people thought of Torso, but it's not too late if you want to go to our Facebook group page and uh, you're not already a member of that. Hit the uh, join group button and talk to us a little bit about Torso or any other jelly film that you're a fan of. Especially that one, Carnal Violence. Yeah, if you've heard of that one, give us a little bit of information on that. We're trying to find that one. Yeah, um, because, you know, it, it takes you right into the mind of the psychosexual killer. <laughs> yeah, that was another, that's the tagline of this film. I guess, I mean, his whole voyeuristic nature was, was a little psychosexual. But... I wonder if that was like kind of like a buzzword going on in the early yeah. 70s, like late 60s, early 70s. Yep, definitely the, the mommy issues. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> all right so um i guess i will play the trailer for either twitch of the death nerve or bay of blood so if you go on netflix you could look up bay of blood and i'm sure you can find this movie anywhere on any site it's a pretty standard um piece so yeah <laughs> There you have it. Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> and eventually this will be on iTunes. It so, will, huh? Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, if you want to uh, check out the show, head over to giallochowchow.com. And uh, you're hard at work posting the episodes there and posting some fun pictures and all the like there. So yeah, I should, I'll put some more stuff up tonight for this movie and stuff like that so yeah, now that you're hearing this this was in the past so it's there now i've put up <laughs> just just put a little dubbing in right there all right so until next time everybody get your your j and b and your vespas and your shit and your spaghetti oh man i'm fucking this whole thing up and um <laughs> comb your hair over comb your hair over make that ascot nice and snug and um yeah so ciao ciao